Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 60 of Believe in Betting LA. We're finally starting to get some chilly fall weather. We have turned the page on a summer. And I am happy to hear that. We've got the Fall Classic with the Dodgers this evening. We've got a lot of great football this weekend. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. Again, this is Believe in Betting LA. Our 60th episode, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris Lewert. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing well. It definitely feels like I – don't, I don't really feel like there was a fall. It felt to me like it was apocalyptic summer fire and then, in quotes, I guess, winter. So much as you can call anything in Los Angeles actually winter. Um, but otherwise I'm doing just dandy. All right. Excellent. And, and yeah, like I said, this is really the first time it feels like we've turned the page on summer. I know it was about a month and a couple of days ago. I think September 21st was the official first day of fall, but, uh, even late last week here in Manhattan beach, it was uh, in the eighties. And I know, uh, in the Valley and, and out East, we got it still weather over a hundred degrees. Now we're finally starting to see some really beautiful weather. And, and this is uh, some of my favorite time of the year. Uh, in some of the reason why it's my favorite time of the year, the Dodgers, for the third time in four years, are in the World Series. Of course, they are tied 1-1 right now to the Tampa Rays. They had a great blowout game one. Game two, they went with a bullpen committee approach, uh, much maligned to, I think, a lot of people, including a lot of national experts, really calling out Dodgers manager Dave Roberts for doing a bullpen game. Uh, you know, it's kind of just what the circumstances dictated. They had, uh, of course, a seven-game series against the Braves previously, um, and, you know, there's a, a column in the LA Times that manager Dave Roberts didn't put guys like Tony Gonsolin and, and Dustin May in a position to succeed. But ultimately, Chris, I do think it's up to the players to perform better. Really, the Dodgers need one of those two pitchers to give them a couple of great innings. Neither of them were able to get it done uh, in game two. And in full disclosure, we are recording this Friday afternoon, October 23rd. So we are only like a couple hours away from first pitch of game three. By the time you're listening to this, uh, you know, we could be uh, further along, and, and this is a bit obsolete, this discussion. But, look, the Dodgers are still in a great position here, Chris. They're still a favorite overall in the series. They have their their three best starters going here uh, in games four, five, and six. Uh, excuse me, games three, four, and five. Um, so, you know, just what are your thoughts so far in the first two games of the series, and how can the Dodgers improve moving forward? Definitely like the, the kind of look and, and feel of the Dodgers. I've said this before too, right? It's just they felt loose to me. They're a veteran team. They know what they have to do sort of thing. Obviously been here before. Like all those guys on the team, right, have all been there before. Um, and kind of flipped the script a little bit in game one on, on Tampa, which their whole thing was like, you know, a bunch of guys you've never heard of playing really loose, right, um, and not afraid to kind of kind of go unconventional. But I presume that, you know, Roberts told the team and everybody knew that game two was going to be a bullpen game. Uh, but it, I don't know, it just felt a little bit like they lost that game by two runs, right? Like it felt a little bit like a give up, you know, like let's just see if we can. We're happy to have a split here in the first two games. Um, would have had to, would have liked to have seen a little bit of a greater sense of urgency. But again, it's, I'm sure they knew this before the game was going to start. You know, those guys knew that they were going to get pitched in those situations. They knew what they had to do. And, you were saying, you know, it's up to the players. Ultimately, they have to they have to go out and perform. And if you know you're going to be going out there, you're going to be called on. It's no surprise. Uh, you got to go and make pitches. Doesn't matter when it is. You're a pitcher. Um, go throw your throw your strikes, make your pitches, do what you got to do. But I'd be totally comfortable if I was a, a Dodgers fan right now. Right? You've 
it's not going to get any harder than, than playing the Braves and coming back and having to win three games in a row. So um, I think they're in a great spot. They're definitely a favorite, as they should be. And uh, I just like to see, uh, you know, don't don't get don't get too scared, right? Like, just play your game plan. Don't be afraid to toss guys out there. It doesn't, you know, it's it like the Nationals years and years ago, right, when they put Strasburg on the, on the bench because he had gone over his innings limit. Like, screw that, man. You're in the World Series. Do what you got to do. I don't care if Kershaw has to pitch on two hours rest, right? Like, get him out there. Let your players play. If you're going to lose with the best guys on your team, so be it. A lot of people are giving uh, manager Dave Robertson flack. Um, David Ortiz, really the primary one in the pregame of game two, saying uh, he thought they should have thrown tonight's uh, game three starter, Walker Buehler, in game two, that there is no tomorrow in the World Series and that you know doing a bullpen uh, by committee approach was kind of throwing away the game. And look, Blake Snell was absolutely dominating that Dodgers lineup for, for him, most of his start, and the Dodgers pounced on him and chased him in the fifth inning. And as you mentioned, only lost by two runs. It was a very, very close call, uh, and we'll see if the Dodgers can get going here over the weekend, games three through five. Um, if you do want to bet the Dodgers or anything else this weekend, go to Bet Online. The NFL season, as we mentioned, is in full swings. We're going to have our picks coming up here, and you may not be at the game this year, so if I say a beautiful new stadium, and one day we hope we can all get to that stadium. So you may not be there in person, but you can still be in on the action at Ben Online. As I mentioned, both the Rams and Chargers in action this weekend. Both are, are touchdown or more favorites, or at least six point or more favorites uh, at home this weekend in SoFi Stadium. From game spreads to totals to team player and coaching props, even Ben Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Moving on to the NFL here, Chris. Uh, of course, both the Rams and Charger are in action this week. Let's recap last week's show. First week six of the NFL season. I went one and two, so I'm overall now at nine and seven in the NFL season. And I went one and one in best bets. Now I'm standing at five and two. I missed pretty badly on the Rams minus three. Really badly on the the Pats, uh, just absolutely laying an egg against the Broncos last week. I had them in a, a number of teasers, including a minus three and then the Dolphins minus three in a teaser. And my one win just barely came in an overtime victory. Uh, Titans at minus three and a half. They were down seven points with just a couple minutes to go. Tied that game up, went into overtime. Of course, everyone knows what happens there. Derek Henry taking in for the game-winning touchdown. They covered that three and a half. So a really, really fortunate one and two for me. How did you do in week six of the NFL season? I went three and one. I uh, hit the Rams 49ers under for game 51 half, hit the first half over 24. Best bet Eagles looked dark there for a minute, but um, came back and, and they won easily at plus 10 for the game. And just like you, teasers were not being very kind uh, to me or to Stag Capital this weekend. So the teaser I had, the Bears, the Washington football team, Ravens and Cowboys, was a loser thanks to our good friends. In Dallas, who absolutely embarrassed themselves. What a just bludgeoning on your home turf. I don't have the words to describe how terrible the NFC East is. It's uh, They should have canceled. They should have blacked out the game. It shouldn't have been broadcast yesterday. It ended up actually being okay. It was okay. a fun game. Was, yeah, you know, it, all the way down to the very end. Very entertaining game. Speak yeah, for yourself. We, yeah, watching, watching Daniel Jones eat it in the middle of the field uh, was laugh out loud funny. You can't draw that stuff up. Uh, for a Giants team, so it, it definitely was worth it. Was worth it for that. And I want to point out to our listening audience, 
I had the Ravens minus two in a teaser. And you said, well, the Cowboys blew it, but didn't the Ravens lose by, they lost by two, didn't they? You don't lose the teaser bet when you push. It is not a push for the full bet. You just lose a portion of your return, I should say. So if you bet 100 to win 300, you'll end up winning 160 as opposed to that additional 150 over the, or the additional uh, 200 uh, that you bet. So it is not a lost cause if you ever push on a teaser bet. It just reduces your profit. But you're still alive until all those games are closed. Right. Yep, yep, that's a great point certainly there. Um, all right, so as always, we're going to break down both the local teams today, the Chargers and the Rams, and we're each going to delve into our best bets. The Big Ten college action returns this evening and this weekend. Pac-12 is still a couple weeks away, but when we do get to that, we will also each week be taking a pick for both UCLA and USC as long as uh, as well as a college best bet. Uh, but for right now, we're just going to stick to the NFL. The Jacksonville Jaguars, one in five Jacksonville Jaguars, are coming to town to take on the one in four Chargers. This one here I'm seeing, Chris, the Chargers are, believe it or not, a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite. The total I have is at 49. This one's Sunday afternoon, 1.25 p.m. from SoFi Stadium. What are your thoughts here, Jags and Chargers? I hate that hook at seven-and-a-half, right? But coming off a of bye week, um, my bet is going to be Chargers minus seven-and-a-half at even money. Uh, I was able to find it at. I wouldn't do too much worse than probably – Probably minus 105, or if you could get it at Chargers minus 7, like minus 110, minus 113, somewhere in that range, uh, would probably be a good bet because that, that hook is is a little bit killer. But I like them a lot coming off of the bye. Uh, they're playing at home. They should be well-rested. I am not a big Jaguars believer. A lot of people thought they were going to be the worst team in the NFL. Uh, little did we know that the, the Jets said, hold my beer on that. Uh, but I like the Chargers a lot in this game, and uh, I think they—I think they're probably going to win by two touchdowns, actually. Okay, well, we're actually on opposite ends here. I'm going to go ahead and take the Jags plus seven and a half. If you look at the Chargers this year, this is what really this bet comes down for me. Week one, Chargers, of course, won by field goal. Week two, they lost in overtime by field goal. Week three, they lost by five points in the last second loss to the Carolina Panthers. Week four, they won on the road, very tough loss. Uh, and then, of course, before they're by two weeks ago, they lost in overtime again by a field goal to the Saints. Yes, the Chargers team, I think, is underrated. But neither one of these teams, Chris, have won since week one. The Chargers, <laughs> of course, as I mentioned, won by a field goal over, the, uh, over Cincinnati. And the Jaguars had that surprising win over the Indianapolis Colts. So I don't think either of these teams really has the, the capability of blowing the other out. The Chargers are, for some reason, here getting two possessions. And so I like the, the Jags to keep this one relatively close. I do feel comfortable with the Chargers winning this game. I think they're the far superior team. The Jags consistently come back in garbage time, though. That's the uh, the trademark, seemingly, of Gardner Minshew, quarterback for the Jaguars. Uh, but I could see it going the other way. You know, this Chargers team isn't excellent. They're extremely banged up defense. Josh Herbert, or excuse me, Justin Herbert has looked amazing but uh you know i i don't know necessarily if we're going to see him go out there and just absolutely uh, flamethrow this jaguars team so i'm taking the jags here plus seven and a half uh, i just think that extra half point there is going to come very very valuable i'm seeing uh something like a, a 28 to 21 victory for the chargers so i don't like them to cover that spread uh, however if you want to take them down to seven I don't mind that at all. I do think the Chargers are the better team. They're a lot more talented. We'll see a little bit more how the running back situation shakes itself out for the Chargers with both Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson getting a lot of volume of carries in that game against the Saints on Monday night two weeks ago. So don't get carried away here. Of course, both teams combined for just that one win. We haven't seen a win for either team 
since week one. But my pick here uh, is Jaguars plus seven and a half. Moving on, we're taking on uh, the Rams. The four and two Rams are hosting the, believe it or not, five and one Chicago Bears. One of those, how do they do it teams this year? A lot of people thought the Bears would be a key regression candidate. Uh, of course, they replaced Mitch Trubisky, starting quarterback for Nick Foles, I believe it was after week number two. Uh, and for whatever reason, the Bears just keep winning here, Chris. The Rams are a one, or excuse me, a, a six point home favorite Monday evening. This total is at 45, very low total, you would think, for these two teams. This is Monday evening at 5.15, Monday Night Football from SoFi Stadium. What are your thoughts here, the Bears and the Rams? Yeah, the Bears, they pulled uh, Trubisky, I think, in the second quarter uh, of week three against the Falcons. And Nagy couldn't pull him quick enough. You could tell he'd been waiting to do that for some time. Um, I don't need to go into how I feel about the Bears. I think they're very, very lucky to be 5-1. and one. I think they do a good, even great job of bringing down teams to their level, of kind of gooning it up and making it a messy game and, and getting people out of the rhythm. And that's what it takes to win. Good on them. Uh, in this game, I like – it's tough because you're going to pay for it. But if you can get the first half under 23 – I also saw it at under 21 and a half at minus 118, but under 23 minus 140, I saw as well. I would take either of those. If I'm going to bet it myself, and I likely will if it stays put, I'm going to take that under 23 minus 140 in the first half. A bit expensive, but uh, I think this game is going to be ugly. Uh, if the Bears play in prime time, it's almost terrible. They're either getting their brains beat in by the Packers uh, or they're, they're throwing up a stink fest. I wouldn't call that that Tampa Bay Thursday night game exactly exciting uh, a couple weeks ago. I also really like the Rams first quarter money line. This one's expensive too, about minus 200. Uh, but I like the Rams a lot in this game. Uh, my boy, my boy, my boy, Aaron Donald, I think is going to be giving Mr. Foles, who is a borderline statue, lots of trouble up the middle. The Bears offensive line is not great. Uh, the only reason they're not just absolutely awful is that they played they played together for a while. And that's a big deal on the offensive line. But I think it's going to give him fits. I think it's going to give Foles fits. He doesn't roll out well. And uh, I like the Rams to win the game outright. And I'm going to bet the under 23 first half. And I'm going to bet first quarter money line Rams. Okay, strong thought there from Chris. And once again, Chris is a Chicago native. He is an L.A. resident. Two worlds collide this weekend with Bears <laughs> at Rams. And definitely the Rams are kind of – really both of these teams are, are – we don't really know exactly what kind of teams they are. I think most people across the industry feel as though the Bears are very fortunate to be 5-1. and one and, and they may be a team that solidifies themselves as a true can, contender in the NFC North, or they could be, you know, totally fool's gold. And the same could be said for the Rams here, Chris. You know, their wins are all against, are mostly against the NFC East. They're not going to play the NFC East again this season. You know, as we discussed before the season, as we thought, West has been probably the best division uh, in football, certainly up there if they're not. So a, a tough road, as we saw last week uh, at San Francisco, uh, you know, a divisional game in which they lost as a favorite. So, Look, my pick here is going to be the over in 45. We've seen scoring absolutely take off this year in COVID, I think partly because teams didn't have any sort of offseason activities, no training camp. And as expected, these games were very high scoring early on in the season. We've seen some defenses start to get it together. And look, both these defenses have some star power. And we're talking about two of the best defensive players in the NFL, uh, in Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. But neither of these defenses is really not a great defense in the entire NFL. So to see that this total at 45 really shocked me. Um, Yes, D'Angelo Henderson is questionable. That will definitely take away from the Rams' offense if he's out. So watch that. <clears throat> but 
you know, Jared Goff, I was going through the PFF positional uh, rankings earlier. Jared Goff, number five in the NFL in quarterbacking. Uh, and I just want to give a shout out to 30, I think 37 year old Andrew Whitworth of the Los Angeles Rams, the number one rated offensive tackle, according to PFF's metrics. Uh, just unbelievable play from him. What a signing a couple years ago from Cincinnati. So I do think both these offenses can get it going. 45 is a very attainable number. So I'm going ahead and taking the over here. 45. I think the Rams also win, but don't be surprised to me if the Bears cover. This is a sneaky Bears team. Uh, they, they kind of are the butt of jokes just based on last season. Uh, but look, Nick Foles is a much better leader. He's a, a great game manager. They're moving yeah. the ball. Their defense is, is fine. And I, I do actually think that Matt Nagy is a good coach. Um, and so I do think they're going to keep it closer than you think. But six is a, it's a weird line, so I'm not going to take that. I like the over here uh, for Rams and Bears. I, I should say I should say the Rams are a sneaky good survivor play this week. So if you're an aggressive survivor player, a lot of people are going to look at this. First of all, a lot of people have already probably taken the Rams, mm-hmm. and the P- other people are going to look at this game and say, "Oh, Bears five and one, like no way, that's silly." But if you're aggressive, uh, this is a this is a sneaky. And maybe your league is whittled down a little bit. Like if this is an opportunity to to go for a win um, or narrow the field uh, by a large margin, the Rams are not the worst survivor play mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And I also want to add the, the pro football uh, rankings. I was watching the Rams game, and it, it flashed up Aaron Donald. He was ranked like two or three. Who the hell is better than Aaron Donald? I, <laughs> yeah, but, believe it or not, uh, Tyson Alualu on, I think it's the Steelers. He came from Cal, is, is right now the number one ranked interior defender um, Yeah, in the NFL. So, look, it, it's not you know perfect, <laughs> these rankings. Uh, are, are subjective, certainly, in, in to some capacity. But, uh, yeah, Tyson Alawala has been the number one interior defender. Just behind him is Aaron Donald. The number three is, is Vita Vea. So, I mean, really, all three of those guys have had fantastic seasons. Uh, but, look, Aaron Donald's the best pass-rushing interior defender. I don't think we That's can, right, yeah. uh, argue that. But, it, it, you know, takes into account everything. Uh, run, defense, pass, rush, dropping to coverage every once in a while. How many, you know, turnovers they force, et cetera, et cetera. And, and let's be frank here. I mean, a lot of offenses will design plays to go away from Aaron Donald, so he's not always going to have the same opportunity. Sticking with the Steelers here, I'm going to move on and talk about my best bet here. And I'm going to take a teaser. It was not kind to us last week, but for whatever reason, the Steelers are an underdog at Tennessee. Yes, we've seen the Titans be a much, much better home team than on the road. And really, historically, for Big Ben, it's been the same thing. The home road splits have not been kind to him on the road. However, let's not take it. Uh, let's not forget about Taylor Luan, starting left tackle for Tennessee Titans, is out for the season with a torn ACL. He's a great player for them. Uh, they're coming off what I consider a very, very fortunate overtime victory over Houston. Pittsburgh is absolutely outstanding against the run. Uh, they're not as lethal against the pass as we thought they might be, but they bring an enormous amount of pressure. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has been actually tremendous, not just all season, but specifically under pressure. So that's going to be the match of the game. How? Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, performs during uh, plays under pressure. But I don't know why. I, I, I'm, I, I'm just surprised that this game is not a pick or even a slight favorite for, for the Steelers. They're obviously an undefeated team. These are two of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, they both want to play football uh, a very similar way. But I like the Steelers here. You get them at plus seven and a half. And then the other team I'm going to take for my t- uh, second part of the teaser is Lions plus eight and a half. <clears throat> We're getting them plus two and a half. Yep. We're moving them past the three, of course, and past the seven. Uh, another one of those things. You know, Atlanta was an absolutely dreadful team all year. They go on the road. They defeat 
the Minnesota Vikings very handily the week after they fired Dan Quinn. But I'm just not sure why they're two and a half point better uh, than the Lions. I guess you could say, you know, they're on a neutral field. They'd be even. We're giving them two and a half points per home field. I'm not really buying that. Look, I mean, there's some fans there in Atlanta, I believe, but I don't I don't think home field advantage is worth even close to two and a half points here. I don't like the Lions particularly, but I do like them plus eight and a half. So taking them plus eight and a half, Steelers plus seven and a half. That is my teaser best bet of the week. Let's hear yours, Chris. So I've got two as well. I've got uh, my best bet is Bills minus 11 at plus 105. So stay around that kind of positive odds of Bills minus 11. Leon, the Jets are an affront to my sensibilities. They are disgusting. I like the fact that Adam Gase is employed as a coach as punishment at this point. It's not that they don't think he should be fired. Strategically. Strategically in place. They're keeping him around on purpose, which uh, I love. And uh, Gase has basically a constant mutiny going on. Uh, I love it. Um, so I do enjoy that part of it. As far as the game goes, I'm a Bills believer. Uh, I think the Jets absolutely stink. Uh, they burned me the last couple weeks. So now I'm going to go the other way. And inevitably, the Jets will win this game, right? And I'll, I'll blow my brains out. But, uh, <laughs> that will like, happen at some point this year. It really will. I like the Bills minus 11. And despite the fact that I'm 0-2 on teasers, I have mentioned, they're just they're still good, man. It's just great value. Uh, Lions plus eight half, Saints minus one half, 49ers plus eight, Chargers minus one half. Teaser of the week. Yeah, that's a good teaser. It's a it's a hard one to hit. Four team teasers are there's always something that goes wrong. You know, you get three out of those four right, and, and just like that, you lose. Yeah, and you got the stupid Cowboys is what happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, speaking Cowboys. of Muni, a lot of anonymous sources, a lot of us, uh, people from the team this week, players including, uh, have mentioned Mike McCarthy just is completely unprepared. They're being outcoached in game. And uh, it seems – this is usually – I like to keep an eye on these things because typically when you start hearing that publicly – well, this is anonymous, but it is public – uh, teams start folding, and, and when they're not as motivated, you, things can go really, really fast in the NFL. Yes, these are all professionals. They're trying as hard as they can for themselves. They want to make money. They don't want to be replaced. But again and again and again, we say it. These things actually do matter. When teams are united and when they're winning and when things are fun, uh, they're going to go out there and play much better than when they're anonymously leaking dissatisfaction with the coaching staff after week six. And look, they don't even have their starting quarterback, Dak Prescott. So, I don't love Mike McCarthy, but it seems like, hey, by the way, anonymous player, like you probably <laughs> didn't do your job very well last week, especially if you're on the defensive side of the ball. So why are you just absolutely throwing this coaching staff under the bus? This is a team, uh, you know, you win as a team, you certainly lose as a team. And, and, you know, they may or may not be right about Mike McCarthy being unprepared, but uh, it certainly seems like the players were unprepared last week. In the absolute drubbing on Monday Night Football, 38-10 to 10, to the Arizona Cardinals. So just, just interesting things to watch on. If That's a team I will be fading the rest of the season um, if they continue to lose because that's a team that's ready to quit on their coach. Very same thing as, as the Jets with Adam Gase. We can kind of all just see it in there. You know, just the discontent with a guy like Le'Veon Bell, a guy they signed last year. Adam Gase very publicly came out and said they didn't want to do that back-and-forth feud. And then, of course, they cut him, and he signed to the Kansas City Chiefs, and he seems like he's on top of the world playing <laughs> Going from the winless New York Jets to, uh, of course, Andy Reid, the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. So those are the type of teams uh, I like to to bet against because you're kind of just getting a little bit of a boost in there where the players necessarily aren't trying as hard as they can. Any I final thoughts here, Chris? I think, uh, is it is it uh, Tony Pollard, the backup to Elliott in Dallas? Mm-hmm. Yep. I like if you're if you're a competing fantasy team, yep. I like him a lot for those playoff games and late in the season because I, I just I could see this going south here in the next three weeks for the Cowboys and uh, Zeke kind of benching himself 
in, in late in the year, if they're not playing for anything, I think Mr. Pollard is going to be looking at a, at a hefty 25 touches and, uh, you know, get on him early. If he's sitting on the waiver wire, um, scoop him up and stash him if you can. Yeah, he's someone I really liked over the offseason. Uh, explosive player out of Memphis. Very good in limited touches both this season and last season. Just blocked right now by one of the best running backs or the highest volume running backs, certainly, in the NFL. And Ezekiel Elliott. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, the Cowboys could still come back and win the division. They're only, what, like a half, oh, a half so game terrible. out or whatever. I mean, it's like that, that division's going to have a, a five or six game winner that comes uh, represents them in the playoffs. So <laughs> we'll see. The, the NFC lease uh, for a very fun game yesterday. Um, once again, this was Believe in Betting LA episode 60. Uh, we are available wherever you choose your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. And Twitter, I'm at smaxwell713. Chris at Lou Mandingo Rock. Stag Capital is at Stag Cap. Believe podcasts are at E-L-E-A-B podcasts and Believe.com on the web. This was episode 60 of Believe in Betting LA. Go Dodgers here. We got some big... A big three-game stretch here for the team. Of course, the Rams and Chargers both are at home this weekend in action. So, a big weekend for Los Angeles sports. For the Blue Podcast Network, for Stag Capital, for Chris Lewart, I'm Sam Maxwell. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.